Podcast. I'm Stetson. And I'm Gabe. In this episode, we are talking about Google I.O., recapping the major announcements at the event. And, and how they're going to take over the world. That It's their plan. Yeah. It's in their strategy. Uh, but first, Gabe, we're, we're back in the studio now. Yeah. I mean, people look around the audio that you're hearing. Wow. Yeah. That, doesn't that audio look like the studio that we were in it sounds so much better we're wearing only one pair of headphones right now yeah and uh, we're in the same room it's great to be back yeah. uh no well we can put some latency in in post if you want if people really got adjusted to that from the last one yeah we can uh add in some echo yeah like yeah really really bring that character back there we go uh no it's so great to be and and also congratulations to you you are graduating yeah technically you're done with college but you're graduating officially in like four or five days yeah upcoming sunday classes are done which feels amazing can't even begin to describe that and well actually start okay (laughs) no more due dates all this weight and now stop that was enough you 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 began and you begun the past tense of beginning that's that's fantastic yeah i think that's basically all the personal updates we have no Um, we have more gabe what what else is on your mind we are launching and a new pod now. <laughs> we are launching a new podcast. We figured why is one enough when we can have two. We decided podcasts are really taking off and we need yeah. to capitalize on search and rankings. No, yeah, maybe one day we could do a new po- What would you do a new podcast on if you could do one more like if there was another podcast you could do? What uh, would you think you could fill up 30 to 45 minutes in just talking on a bi-weekly or weekly basis? Life hacks. Yeah. I think that would be it like general life tips and life hacks i think that's you think you've accumulated enough i think i have enough tips that i know and i'm good at finding other tips from other people yeah but then you're just an aggregator yeah well that's That's not authentic i'm okay you know there's there's that joke what um you know a, a group of geese is called a flock right yes um and then they say uh three guys in la is called a podcast yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> uh, it's pretty true. Also, I mean, there's a ton of podcasts out there, and one thing we'll get to later is actually at Google I/O they announced that they're going to start, you know, scrubbing through all the podcasts, their software, so that if you search for something, uh, and it was in a podcast, it could pop up with that timestamp right on your Google search results. Yeah, that was something huge with Google, the uh, voice recognition. I think we're getting a little bit. But first, yeah. But first, you know what I'm going to say? Quick news. All right. Uh, first thing off the bat is, unfortunately, we're recording this episode one day too early because tomorrow OnePlus is going to be announcing their new OnePlus 7 Pro. Yeah, this is going to be uh, the newest phone from OnePlus. It is leaked like crazy. OnePlus has really been It is leaked up. like a roof, that, a thatched roof, I guess, right? Thatched? An old thatched roof. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, at this point, why I don't bothered? have anything particularly against, that, against thatched roofs, but I, I mean... I was just going to say it leaked like a leaky roof, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of not really a very good metaphor. Not awful metaphor, yeah. actually. So, uh, yeah, I, you haven't looked up anything because I told you not to look up anything about the leaks on it. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to just what, get your snap have? reactions. Here we go. All right. So I guess actually they're also going to have a OnePlus 7. It's a OnePlus 7 and a OnePlus 7 Pro. So two, this is the first time. Actually, they've done two phones before. It was a while back. They had like a cheaper one and a higher yeah. end one. But two phones from OnePlus. Two That's different exciting. phones. All right. The first thing off the bat, it's going to be the first phone, I think, to sport the Snapdragon 855. 855. Okay. That sounds great. It's going to be fast. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been following Snapdragon, so I don't know it's what It's going to be available of... in 6 gigabyte uh, processing of RAM starting okay. off, uh, but up to 12 gigabytes Classic. on the OnePlus Pro, which is the same, I think, I think as the last. S10, right? I don't know if... I think it can go up to 12 gigabytes. That might be the S10. S10, like whatever they call it. The 5G model. 5G, yeah. That was, I think, 12. I think so, OnePlus did that last year. They definitely had 8 gigs as an option. But and who cares? 12. This is all just speculation. Uh, it is going to have 128 gigabytes, supposedly, and 256 of storage. Probably expandable, most likely. That's Screen great. sizes, 6.4 inch on the 7 and 6.6 or 6.7 on the Pro. Wow. I, I mean, those, in yeah. my opinion, are way too big for a phone. I actually prefer smaller uh, You want to think way too big? Think about how big the sensor is on the back. Supposedly, 48 megapixels. Whoa. Stop. That's like just five I mean, We need a, one of those resounding, like, yeah. Right? 
the base drop out because the the highest megapixel phone up till now has been the new uh wasn't it Nokia? The no, I think well Nokia originally with the zoom 40 but, 43 I think. But now the the one that's out now is the uh Huawei on P30, P30 Pro, Pro yeah. which 42 megapixels. That's huge. So this has six more megapixels. Uh and the Pro is also going to have an 8 megapixel one on there as well and a 16 megapixel most likely a wide angle and a telephoto i love uh, as a galaxy s10 owner having multiple focal lengths on the back of a phone that is yeah. awesome especially the wide angle does does that feel excessive though how do you think it will impact low light performance it definitely is a bit uh questionable because if people don't know basically low light performance usually is affected by how big of a sensor and then how like usually the fewer pixels is better because you want bigger pixels so if you have a one inch sensor and you have only 12 megapixels versus you know 48 you know you're going to have the pixels are going to be spread out and can be bigger however yeah, yeah. phones like the pixel uh and pixel or the pixel 3 and the pixel line in general from google prove that you can do a lot with software to get really really good low light performance yeah, and uh, you know this actually comes back to uh, the new Pixel 3a that they announced. That's only a 12.2 megapixel camera, and that performs really well. And your camera, you have the Sony A7S2. This is a you know thousand, couple thousand dollar camera, yeah. and that's what 12 megapixels also. I yeah, think? Uh, so it's definitely a little bit questionable. I know on the Honor uh, P30 Pro or P30, whatever it's called. They also have a black and white sensor on there. So what that does is that's a low resolution. I think it's only eight megapixels or 12. That specifically focuses on, you know, capturing the light the light levels uh, so that they can feed that into then the RGB sensor and combine that into an image that is really good in low light. It's fascinating to me how innovative smartphone companies are being at evolving the camera space. And to me, how little actual camera manufacturers are doing. Like these smartphones are basically replacing point and shoot cameras. And, you know, why don't we see multiple sensors on a point and shoot? Right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's fascinating. I'm, I'm interested. I think it'll be good. OnePlus hasn't really been known for phenomenal photos, but they do, you know, they do take pretty good photos. Yeah. And I've seen some pictures. They've been trying to hype it up recently. Uh, on their Instagram and stuff, some photos taken by professionals. I mean, take it with a grain of salt when you see those because they are promotional images. And, they're you edited. know, yeah, they're, or they're sent out with the best gear, you know, sent in a helicopter. Of course, a photo is going to look good there. Uh, also, though, from this phone, uh, some information a little more is that it's uh, going to be LTE only on the OnePlus 7, supposedly, and 5G LTE on the Pro. Price is unknown, they say currently. But there's people speculating that since the OnePlus 6T starts at 550, that the OnePlus 7 would start at 650, and the OnePlus 7 Pro might be at 750. That's definitely uh, getting higher for OnePlus, a company that used to be known for budget phones. Like those are not budget phones at that point if they if they hit those prices. Yeah, I think so. However, I mean those are just rumored. They could drop the 6T down uh, to 450, or just get rid of it completely. And have the seven take over where that was but that is what i would expect from a manufacturer you get a new phone new design it replaces the old one that's what we've basically seen from apple with their line of phones and from other manufacturers but given the higher price trend of smartphones in general this wouldn't surprise me just disappoint me yeah uh moving on uh in more quick news quick news quick news quick news we have dji uh the drone maker who is known for making drones and gimbals and, yeah, really been just known for that. They were released before here uh, today and before before May 15th coming up in the future was the Osmo Pocket. That was their last released product. Uh, and now they supposedly are releasing an action camera. They haven't announced it. Again, this is leaky roof here. Uh, it's been letting all sorts of things leak through, and we snatched around through those water bucket, buckets, and, oh, look, there's some rumors here about the DJI Osmo action camera okay this this is exciting what like what is this action camera rumored to have what's gonna set it apart or, or what's i mean gonna be different? not much uh, you don't you aren't a big fan of action cameras i'm not i think uh first of all the content they produce isn't that interesting for me like what i'm gonna record myself skiing and then what like show all my friends i went skiing i see them being more beneficial for 
unique situations where with more adverse weather conditions uh, for putting together a larger shoot or a larger film project. Um, but, you know, unless I have a use for that, they're not a product I'm particularly interested in or have been following. I definitely, I definitely get that. I've, unfortunately, I'm on the opposite end. I've owned every GoPro since the 3 Plus. Actually, maybe, no, I think the 3 Plus was the first one I got. And I've, I've definitely uh, noticed that they've caught on a lot in the industry of, of YouTubers because they are a great second camera to have, you know, for vloggers, uh, for people that are, you know, just shooting any everyday videos, you know, they're under $400. Uh, if you buy an older one, they're, you know, on sale, 300, 250, and they shoot 4k video now, uh, decent sound and are fairly usable and small and also very rugged. So if you need that other angle of you going in the water, boom, instant, instant shot of you like, yeah, great. They're definitely great for that. And the multiple angles, I'm not a huge fan of their wide angle distortion. I think that's, Oh, I know. Yeah. There's, I have friends also who hate it. That's, it doesn't look great. Um, but the versatility of the cameras is true. Uh, and it, I mean, what, how do you think DJI's product is going to impact GoPro? I, I personally, I mean, it's going to, we're going to have to wait till it comes out, uh, and you know, see what the reviews are. I personally don't think GoPro should be too scared of DJI. They supposedly have uh, about the same specs. Uh, it looks like 4K 60 frames a second on the uh, DJI. No one inch sensor, which would have been something that could have really set it apart, uh, but that would have also driven up the price. They most likely are going to price it at around 350, which would put it right under the GoPro 7 Black. The only thing really that looks from the leaks uh, to have set it apart is the fact that it has a front screen. So where the GoPro only has that touch screen on the back, uh, the go the dji action uh camera uh will supposedly i keep saying i just said supposedly you know if someone was playing a drinking game to that they would be completely wasted they're gone yeah and just whip out a second beer ready to go if we are to believe these leaks uh the action camera is going to have a screen on the front which will allow you when you're vlogging uh you know selfie style to actually frame it up a little better i think that's a compelling feature that's something i wish my actual camera had and if DJ, yeah, DJI is able to release a small, portable, durable, weatherproof or sealed camera that is ideal for vlogging without too much distortion and maybe a really great smartphone companion app. I think that's a compelling product. See, the thing where I kind of don't know why, yeah, I don't know. Their Osmo Action, uh, their Osmo Pocket has that same type of screen for vlogging, right? So why would you use the i mean i don't know if you're going through that much of actiony stuff are you really going to be trying to frame up your shot of yourself uh you know it's 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 kind of questionable i don't know we'll have to see what it actually has and if there's any like special sauce that they throw in there like uh suppo- like maybe like if they have a type of lens that is as wide angle as a gopro but less distortion that could really set it apart uh if they have swappable lenses or or adjustable focus that could set it apart yeah yeah and dji is so good at stabilizing images right now and they also acquired hasselblad so i'm thinking those two things combined with their image processing their color science and maybe throwing something with stabilization maybe built in ibis or maybe it's attachable to a a specialized a special gimbal Yeah, yeah they need to definitely integrate it into their current lineup of products or offer some really compelling accessories. That's the only way they're going to be able to compete with GoPro because GoPro is now it's it's like the iPod or the iPhone of uh, I guess the iPhone's a little less, but the iPod of you know you know iPod was MP3 players, GoPro is action cameras. Yeah, and there are definitely a lot of cheap action cameras out there. GoPro is definitely the most well known and has some of the best features. It'll be interesting to see what DJI is able to release in that space. Yeah, and you know what's the sad thing? I think we should take a moment of silence. Uh, is that in similar news or not similar news from DJI? They will something they will not be releasing most likely is a follow up to the Phantom Four Pro. <gasps> what game? Yeah, just no wait. More no mo- moment of silence. Okay. All right. I think that was long enough moment. Yeah, the Phantom drone. If you aren't familiar with drones, is when I say drone, it's probably the that shape you think of. Did did it start DJI's? It pretty line much of was the beginning of DJI. Before then, they had been doing flight controllers and stuff. Uh, around 2013, they released the original Phantom drone, wow. uh, followed up with the 
couple of other versions of it, then got to the Phantom 2, Phantom 3, obviously, you know how numbers work. There's a couple versions of that, Advanced Pro, then they got Phantom 4, Advanced Pro, version V2, and then in the fall, an RTK version for surveying, and then nothing uh, since December. Radio, radio silence. Yeah, and even worse, radio, I don't know what's worse than radio, radio like vacuum. Uh, since December, they have been out of stock of the Phantom 4 V2s on their website. Uh, and this this absence and out of stockness has created such a like scare among because people I guess it's really popular among surveyors uh, and people use it for mapping because it has what's called a global shutter. Right, I should have looked that up. <laughs> yeah, uh, but all I know both just all I know is is that that is very good for uh, mapping and uh, surveying. Basically, what I think it is is instead of where a normal camera will read. Uh, line by line right this captures all the information at once so there's no distortion if the drone's moving right that sounds yeah that's usually, usually how you map your flying we get rolling shutter exactly if you're filming with a camera this is why uh telephone poles look angled if you're filming recording a car driving along the road and i think you're right if you're flying a drone up like close to 40 and even miles this is even hour, though this is taking a picture yeah, if you're flying it, when you take a picture, it's going to, even if it's just milliseconds later, it's going to be slightly shifted. Yeah. So the global shutter, yeah, captures all the information at once. And it's the only drone from DJI that has that. Uh, they're trying to replace it with the Mavic 2, it looks like. Uh, yeah, so, what, what do you think is going to happen? We're not going to see a well, Phantom. It, is... I, I really hope this is not true. Uh, the, the This rumor stems from uh, their director of public safety, Romeo Dersher, I think his name is. Uh, saying on a podcast that his quote was, yes, the line of Phantom, with the exception of the Phantom 4 Pro RTK, has come to an end. And he also said that supposedly the project leader for the Phantom 5 had been reassigned. Fascinating. I think, this is from an outside perspective, yep. I think Mavic is going to fill the space of the Phantom. Because if you think about it, the Phantom is large and bulky, and that's awful. But the image quality is fantastic. That's why people buy the drone. So if DJI can take the small, portable, feature-packed Mavic and bring it up to the image quality of the Phantom 5, there would be no reason to go with the Phantom 5. You'd want to go Mavic anyway. Well, I think I think I would kind of disagree. There are definitely, uh, for one, you show up to a job site with a Mavic 2, you show up with a Phantom 4, most likely people are going to be a lot, believe in you a lot more if you show up with a Phantom versus a Mavic. Looks a lot more professional. So that's why a lot of people like the Phantom look. You know, people recognize it and who aren't in the industry as a good drone. So, you know, it gives you that instant credit. I know even some people who will bring, like, the Inspire that they have to some jobs and just put it on the table just to make it look like that's what they're using and then grab their Mavic 2 and take it out and fly that one. You know, just because they, they know the job doesn't need that quality, but the person, you know, that hired them doesn't really... Clueless. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a really unique perspective. And the other, the other two things would be that again, that global shutter, and also the ability to hand catch. Uh, you can hand catch a Mavic. You can, but if you're on a boat, for example, you know, or you some, very some moving carefully. platform, it's a lot easier to hand catch the leg of a Phantom, you know, than it is to put, place your hand out and let the Mavic land on it. I mean, I grab it. Oh, I've done that too, and but it's still you're a lot closer to the propellers. Yeah, it's all right. And also the also because it's a heavier drone. Uh, you get better wind resistance, so it can fly in higher winds. I will see what DJI does. So I really, does. I really, this is if DJI listens to this for some reason because they use Google's uh, podcast search things and and listen to every podcast and that we mentions just start DJI. Trending like crazy. Yeah. Send this to them. Tweet this at them. DJI, please, 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 do not discontinue the Phantom line. Uh, it's such an iconic drone, and I really think you could do a lot of cool things with it, like interchangeable lenses, interchangeable cameras. Uh, really, yeah. What if they just brought down the price of the Inspire? Okay, DJ, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, I take it back. Or if they're going to release a new drone, maybe they need to cancel the Phantom line and come up with something that kind of incorporates the foldability of the Mavic, but it's just larger. Yeah, I can see that's that too. That, I mean, like, I think the portability of the Mavic is what makes it compelling. Yeah. Let's move on. Gabe, I see noted Memorial Day sales. Is that, do you have anything to talk about for that? Or is that? Uh, no, I was just, that was just, I just wanted you to casually slip in and not like that. <laughs> that, that was very clumsily. 
I was like stumbling out, like the like the butler stumbling out with a tray of here's here's your tea, ma'am. Whoa, it's spilling it everywhere. Well, it's because we have all these buckets of I water oh, in our yeah. leaking apartment, and you're just, just tripping over them. I almost fell into another. Yeah. All right. Oh no. Um, Apple Card that is leaked. This what? is the new Apple Card coming out. And where are you even reading this from? I I put uh, it in the. Uh, well, what I did want to say about Memorial Day sales is, oh, hey, you actually had yeah, I actually had some stuff. Basically, Memorial Day is coming up, so I just wanted to put a reminder out to people that if you're looking to buy something, uh, yeah, wait till Memorial Day possibly because that's when a lot of stuff goes on sale, and you might be able to get a good deal for on it. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah, Apple Card. Apple Card. It is leaked. Certain Apple employees are receiving their card as part of an internal beta program. Uh, this is kind of exciting. It's a titanium card. We talked about it previously, and uh, basically it looks nice. They talked about the setup process. Apparently, the packaging will have an NFC chip in it. You'll bring your iPhone close to the packaging, get that magical AirPod experience of getting your phone to pair with the card and set it up, and it'll it'll be good to go. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll see when Apple rolls it out. I'd imagine, I don't know, would they try Summer, to do it before WDC? They may touch on it again. I, they wouldn't touch on it again. It'll yeah. be the summer. It'll be sometime in the summer, like August, I think. I think July. I would imagine a July rollout would be nice. Uh, but yeah. Other things we missed from Apple coming out. Apple TV, their new app is launching today. You can you can download it on the app, app store, I think. I'm not actually sure no, I you think, get it. I think it's the app. Oh, it's their t- not. Well, it's, their, it's the Apple it, TV app. Yeah, yeah. Don't say Apple TV. You're, you had me confused because I didn't even... Oh. I was thinking they're launching a new hardware. No, no hardware. The new Apple TV app no, the new interface. App, the new TV app for iPhone and iPad. It's it's launching. It's launching today. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't see it, the recap is basically that what it aggregates all your content. <laughs> yeah, I think Stetson it... Stetson just went wide-eyed because he did <laughs> not look that up either. <laughs> Uh, it integrates your contact content uh, subscription services into one platform so you can easily watch your favorite shows on your Apple TV, on your iPad, and it's got a really nice new interface. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. Uh, and last news is, like we predicted, the Galaxy Fold has folded temporarily, and then uh, Samsung is taking that and back and refolding in like like a... Like someone who threw a first paper airplane and then was like, oh, crap, and looked up on YouTube how to actually fold it. Uh, Then, boom, we got a second one, hopefully. But it's not actually going to be a second one. I don't know. We'll see if this is a repeat of their Galaxy 7 Note battery problems or not. They just took that off the market, basically. I think they've put so much effort into Fold, they're not going to take it off the market. But I also don't see it launching until the fall. Like, let's be real. It's been almost 21 days, I think, since it was supposed to come out. Well, what happened? Oh, uh, well, someone didn't fold the fold. You know, that seems like a pretty critical task. They had robots folding the fold. When humans got their hands on it, they folded it completely differently. It also had a plastic filament on the screen. It looked like a plastic screen protector, but it wasn't. It was essential to the functionality of the device. If that got damaged in any way, your screen was shot. No, so I I don't know. Was that actually what it was for? I yeah. heard it was for uh, what was it for? I don't know. But I heard that the that wasn't the reason why the screen was breaking. I forget what exactly this. It was part of a contributing factor though, because like peeling that up. I think the main issue was that yeah, that people were you know when a when a robot folds it, it folds it the same way over and over and over again, and they were doing it. I think what pressing from the outside, most likely. Yeah. And they found that people open it all sorts of ways. Maybe they'll put one finger at the top of the phone, one at the bottom, open it that way. And also they had the issue with uh, stuff getting into the phone. And, and then when you fold it, it just smashes right through the screen. And that's really like where you have a plastic screen that's so much less durable. Yeah. That's where you get these issues. And another thing too, like if you were to get particles underneath that protective layer, like that's gone. And this is a $2,000 product. So I think... Samsung needs to hit the books, rethink their folds. Well, re- hit the books and look how books are folded. Yeah, take how a, people... I think, take a page out of that book, like, was put anyone, that page into their fold. and <laughs> Was anyone at Samsung actually using the fold? That's my question, right? Like, No. 
Yeah, they were like, we're making this product. It's going to be awesome. We're going to test it a bunch of times to verify it'll be functional and durable. Meanwhile, I don't think anyone's using it because the Galaxy S10 is out. That's so much better. Well, and, and they didn't really, They it seemed like they didn't really have it out. And, and then they just instantly sent it to, uh, you know, like reviewers yeah. and started selling it. So, uh, Samsung, you got a mess on your hands again. Uh, hopefully you you got what you wanted from being the first to market and got all that press. Like, let's see how that backfired. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for quick news, quick news, quick news, quick news. Yeah. I think 25 minutes or so of that is, is that so quick? Welcome to our long drawn out yeah. news yeah. section of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we make podcasts five hours long, then that's relatively that is quick. Pretty quick, but moving on to the main thing we're going to talk about this episode, Google IO, uh, what what is Google I/O, Gabe? Well, they I, they basically just you know scare us, and I don't know. Actually, my takeaway from it was their uh, big thing that they said over and over throughout Google I/O was Google's mission is to make technology more available for everyone, and then also then then the rephrasing of that was make sure that technology benefits the many, not the few. Oh, Google, it's a company that cares about people. Oh, wait, no, it's a corporation that cares about profits. So anything that they announce, any big initiative you have to remember is based on a company that is selling all your data or or using all your data to then sell better ads. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not all negative and, you know, all conspiracy. Oh, Google's out to end the earth. But I think also you can't be all Google's the best company in the world because they are this huge company that undoubtedly has one of the largest influences on people's lives uh you know how people interact and how people access information absolutely and those are really good points google is definitely aggregating a lot of data and they're using that to provide better services so it's kind of a win-lose situation some may feel it's uh invasive it's an encroach on privacy and they may have concerns about that but the benefits Google provides are kind of awesome in my opinion. So so let's dive into Google I.O. and what they announced. They had a bunch of speakers come up onto the stage, talk about a lot of different things. What should we talk about first? I mean, let's first talk about uh, the thing that you have in your hand right now. Yes. The Google Pixel 3a. This this is it. This is the brand new phone from uh, Google. Can you guys see it right there? Yeah. Yeah. You see that? Is the reflection good? Is it? Well, what does it look like? I'll describe it to you. Imagine a Pixel 3. Now imagine a Wait, Pixel 3. what if they 3 don't know what a Pixel 3 looks like? Made of plastic. Well, go Google a Pixel 3. Well, actually, if you're Googling something, you might as well Google the 3A. But if you do know what a Pixel 3 looks like. It's basically got um, a 5.6-inch display on the front. Let me check that. Yeah, it's about the same as the iPhone XS or XS, right? Yeah, it's got a full-screen 5.6-inch screen on the front. Little it's bezel OLED. at the top and bottom. Yeah, we got some bezels. It's very symmetrical, which I appreciate. We got the... Uh, back has the two-tone design with a matte finish and then a glossy finish. This one is a plastic material. Uh, I think it's a polycarbonate. And there's no wireless charging. We have the return of the headphone jack on the top of the phone and USB-C for fast charging on the bottom. Yeah, and starting at what? $399? $399. That's pretty incredible uh, for a phone that really is google experience and is, yeah it's google's version of android which yeah. is i think one of the cleanest um and best experiences of android and uh what google does with pixel 3a is they bring a great camera great battery life at an affordable price point and that's sending a message like you're, that's all you're you showcasing the phone to me i wish people could see this as well you're like hand like pr professional display model like this is what it is you know uh, no, but yeah, it's definitely, it really is a strong argument and counterpoint to all these really expensive, uh, you know, smartphones that we were seeing on the market. Yeah. Like if you think to yourself, why, why do you buy a phone? Right. Just, like ask yourself that I bet for many people it's for the camera because that captures memories in those special moments and getting such a good camera with Google's awesome image processing. Uh, we've got great features of the camera with uh, the 
HDR plus, super resolution uh, zoom, motion autofocus, night sight for almost seeing in the dark. Like this is such a good camera at such a compelling price point that I think it's really gonna perform quite well. It really uh, does kind of show how other manufacturers are kind of jamming in a bunch of features that people don't necessarily need. Yeah, sure, they're super helpful to have, and after a while you might get used to having them and then never want to go back. But like, for example, you know, the face unlock on iPhones or the wireless charging, or I'm trying to think what else have they done recently, or even the multiple cameras. All of those things add a ton more to the cost. Uh, and really, the question is how much overall do they you know improve the experience right and yeah i think google just hit the the nail on the head with this phone like they got what people are looking for other budget phones typically sacrifice on camera quality it's something you expect and this is one of the first phones to really highlight its uh camera quality and experience at uh four hundred dollars which is which is really cool to see yeah one thing that was actually cool about this uh is that supposedly it has up to 30 hours of battery life on a single charge and it does that using machine learning so it learns hey you know when this is happening or this time of day you're usually not using this thing so we can turn down the screen or what you know smart stuff like that it, it is really great and uh, google saves all your photos in google photos um, and it has the headphone jack so you can keep your existing headphones and use it with the phone it is lacking a few things so there's no water resistance it's got a Snapdragon 670 instead of the Pixel 3 is the Snapdragon 845. It's lacking group selfie mode. It's lacking top shot, which automatically selects the best photo from a burst um, and a few things like that. But overall, I think Google has put together a compelling package at a great price point. Um, and the question for people is like, what what are they looking for in a in a phone experience? And if it's camera and battery life, I think Pixel 3a is is a great option. Yeah. And in related news, they also announced that they're rolling out Android Q. Yeah, this was the Q beta. Okay. And and it's coming to more phones than ever before. uh, 21 phones. 21 phones. And what what are some of the features we saw with Android Q, Gabe? Uh, The one thing that they said, which was I thought was like, uh, you know, cringy, was they said, oh, yeah, the uh, screen continuity. Uh, they oh announced. yeah, and with I, was the like, I was like, that's a bit, or with the foldable phones, right? Um, excuse me. And that's a bit. I thought that was a bit too soon after, uh, you know, the whole debacle with the Galaxy Fold to be touching on that. I think. Yeah, I can understand that for sure. Uh, one of the cooler things is uh, Google has this feature called live caption. I don't know if you know about it, but basically, if you're watching any video on YouTube, on Instagram, even watching videos that you've recorded of you know your family members or like an, at an event someone speaking you can turn on live caption and it will automatically put words on the screen so if you're hearing impaired or yeah hearing impaired or if you are in a place where you know you don't can't turn on the audio like sitting in the dentist's uh, office you know waiting it's for like an appointment really quiet in there you yeah. can't do anything you're like uh maybe not have the audio well first it'll be on full volume when it starts playing so you could be like no no no, no. that panic, moment of panic, panic drop your phone throw it across the room or whatever <laughs> But what it's okay, so they used to have that feature, but what they've done now is now it no longer requires an access to the internet. That's something huge. And we saw this with Assistant too. Google is finding a way to take their machine learning and their algorithms to bring down the size of Google Assistant and this new feature of auto captioning the videos to put it locally on your device. Yeah, they said the, I think the numbers were from 100 gigabytes of processing to I think less than a gigabyte. It's like 500 megabytes or something. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal to see. And they're taking that also and uh, putting uh, Google Assistant on more devices than ever too, because it's, you know, it can now can be on low powered devices. I think devices costing as little 30 bucks, they can put it on these phones. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that kind of ties back to uh, the mission statement that you kind of said at the beginning of this segment where they're trying to give access to technology to as many people as possible. Yeah. Uh, another cool thing. Well, one one thing that they emphasize security and privacy a ton throughout this whole event. How, how do you feel about that? Did Google do a good job? Did they touch on the things they needed to? I don't to? know. They, they said one thing that was supposedly a new feature in Android Q, which I personally, first off, isn't this, I'll ask you this after, but isn't it a 
uh, thing that Apple did already is that you can set when an app can use your location um, and which app can. Yeah, so this is something Apple's been doing for a long time. I feel like that's three or four iOS versions. Yeah, ago. actually a yeah. very long time. So Google embarrassingly late to the game on that. Yeah. But I will say, I think we're in an era where people are more concerned and more aware about privacy. And I think it's Google did a really good job addressing the privacy concerns. And while they may have not done everything in the best interest of the consumers, they basically give you a lot of options to turn off certain features or uh, anything that may be encroaching on your privacy where they're getting personal data. This can often lead to a better experience, but Google is now really giving you the option to turn that off if you choose. Yeah, they also uh, said they have this focus mode, which is talking about turning off. You can actually mark which apps are distracting. Like for me, I'd be like Instagram, no, YouTube, no. Uh, you know, mainly social media, but maybe that game you're addicted to as well. And it will not let you go into them, uh, but it will still like let you get, you know, calls and texts and stuff that you need to communicate with people if that's what you need. Or you could, you know, block those out too. And and that's part of their uh, digital well-being yes. sort of experience. Which I think, yeah, that, I think that's pretty cool. Because uh, I think that link, does that link into YouTube, I think as well? Yeah, and I think YouTube will know how much time you're spending on it. And then that can kind of tie into... Uh, digital well-being and you can get notifications you can also with pixel 3 and 3a something i've loved you can just put it face down on a table or surface and the phone will automatically go into do not disturb mode so that's really cool to see yeah and uh, uh, i guess i want to loop back to privacy you can yeah. now use incognito mode on google maps yes and you can set uh how long you want it to store your location like tracking so like you know do you want to be able to go back six years and you know, be you know able to where see you were where on that were. Tuesday on the on March. I've got to say, it's actually I don't know if other people have ever used it even, but I've found it pretty helpful, like to figure out, hey, what did I do on that day, or like, you know, where did we, where was it that we went that we, oh, like what was that good restaurant we went to? If you can't, I have a pretty good memory, but occasionally, sometimes I've been like, I couldn't remember for the life of me, like what route we took or you know stuff like that. And yeah, being able to go back into your Google history on maps and be like huh there oh yep that's the day and boom that's the day we went yeah i i like it too they'll email me how far i've traveled in relation from going to the earth to the moon i think that's kind of fun yeah how far have you traveled i i'd have to pull up one of the emails oh, and okay. check i, I don't oh, know gosh. off the top of my head yeah so yeah they that was one of the privacy things that they talked about uh, another thing was that they are going to um what was it it was on google assistant wasn't it no like you can choose what personal information you yes, share. Yes, like that's what it was. Yeah. If you know, if it knows your mom's house or um, like what your pet's names are, yeah. things like that. So they, yeah, they basically, um, yeah, they're going to be rolling out all of this uh, Google Assistant stuff in the summer. Uh, but one, one of the cool things that they had was the ability to string commands together. Yes, this was amazing. What, like, what did they do for that? I mean, they, they just went through everything. And one thing that was cool is they were doing it live on stage. Uh, so yeah. you knew it was actually kind of working somewhat. Um, but it was like simple commands could be processed on the phone, like turn on your flashlight, take photo, etc. cetera. Um, but then they also, uh, you know, could do more complex stuff like using duplex, which is their super smart, like uh, AI. They could have it book car rentals online. So you could say, hey, Google. Oh, no, is your device going? No, I turned okay, it good. off. You can, sorry for anyone else's devices who are in the room of the podcast. But yeah, you could... You could activate your assistant and then be like, uh, you know, book me a car rental for my vacation and you know like, oh, this is when your vacation is because you scheduled it. It'll look through the place where you're going to be, go to enterprise, boom, and then it could do it all. And what they're working with is the ability to have it not actually require any integration on the on the uh, behalf of or the on the part of the, the business. business. Yeah. So enterprise wouldn't have to communicate with Google to figure out. You know, oh, here's this backend APIs or what you know stuff like that, uh, or you know, let me change the site to work. Google Assistant would be able to navigate, you know, figure out, oh, this is the dates, here's the things, bop, 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 and then also then it would know your car preference some somehow. I don't know how. I think it would look. For example, this is like a privacy yeah, okay. thing where one, on the one hand, all right, Google knows my preference, like what I've Maybe. used in the past. They can make an automatic suggestion, a recommendation. Yeah. On they the could, other hand, this means they're basically like 
skimming through your emails to find that email from the car rental on what vehicle you had. Um, and also maybe know what car you own. Things like that. So And then they could yeah ask you that. Uh, and yeah, just, I don't know. I'm Like it's helpful, but it's also privacy and you can, I don't know, it's up to you where you feel uh, yeah. you fall on that spectrum. But speaking of cars and driving, they also are going to have a new driving mode uh, where you can just say simply enable driving mode. And the phone, if you don't have a, you know, display to do Android Auto, it will go into driving mode, which basically puts all the relevant information you need at your fingertips in a simplified format. Um, and then you can easily say like, oh, you know, Google Play this or, and it'll instantly do that or, yeah. This is actually the first time they're bringing Google Assistant to Maps, where now you have like an interface you can interact with the Assistant and Google Maps. Which and, is really, I think, when you need it most. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and... Along with getting an update in the car, Google Maps is getting an update on the phone for walking directions. Did you see that? Well, I've actually had those. You've had those? Uh, Yes, because I am a level seven dark wizard. No, no. Gabe, I I didn't know you were a level seven dark wizard. Oh my God. Whatever it is. uh, You gotta share your powers with me. Yeah, a local guide is what they call it. Uh, Basically, if you share enough information on, well, for everything you share on Google Maps, like for example, every review, every recommendation every um answering and filling in businesses info correctly or correcting submitting it, photos submitting photos yeah stuff like that google gives you points if you're part of their local guide program uh once you get to a certain level they start giving you more and more perks uh, for example i've gotten like free subscriptions for three months to new york times a uh, bunch of different things it's not it's not a, nothing great but like you should not actively do this for the perks oh wait what Oh, and maybe you should actively do this for the perks. Well, you shouldn't, but I, I, I don't do it for the perks. I do it for the love, man. I do it. No, I, I actually one of the reasons I do contribute to Google Photo or Google Maps a lot by like putting up photos is because I like to see uh, when I when I search for a restaurant or place, I love to see you know what it looks like. So I anytime I go to some place that doesn't have any photos, I love to you know if I have my 360 camera, put up a new 360 photo or put up a new photo in general. I think that those help businesses too. Like businesses should be doing this because it helps people decide, see the atmosphere of the restaurant, what the dishes yeah. look like, things like that. Um, but Gabe, so what what have you been experiencing in Google Maps? Like you go to the city, the reception well, is terrible. The thing is, it it only works in cities, and I'm not in cities a lot, so I've uh, not liked it. Really okay, much. so this is the feature. When you're in a city, it's kind of like 5G in that, you know, everyone's been saying, oh, 5G is going to be so great. 5G is going to be this. But really, they're only going to have the millimeter or is it millimeter wave 5G or whatever. The the real 5G that's going to be the, the top benefits of like possibly one gigabyte per second speed. That's only going to be in like super populated cities and areas and only specific areas. You're never going to get that. Even if 5G rolls out into, you know, you know, rural areas or smaller cities. You're never going to get that type of 5G. That's basically because they need a longer wavelength to go longer distances. They can't have as many antennas uh, to do that shorter wavelength. Yes, this is true. What I was trying to say is when you're in a city and you're using your GPS and your blue dot of where you are bounces all around, what Google is, is bringing to Google Maps is the ability to use your camera and it will use visual positioning yeah, i guess we should have i guess we should have described the feature first before we went into a tangent on it that's yeah that's what i'm trying to do visual positioning the camera will scan stationary landmark items in the city skyscrapers buildings things like that to give you a much more accurate position of where yourself and it will now use augmented reality to display in the world in front of you on your camera a arrow depicting which direction to turn or where your destination is yeah i think it's pretty great uh you know i want nothing more than people walking around holding their phones in front of them okay people do this already now they'll at least know where they're going well they'll know where they should be going they don't know where they are going i want to see this in grocery stores is that weird that would be pretty awesome i gotta say right like you're going to the store and, you're like and you need to know where this item is where it, is the beyond meat burger yeah, and it takes you to that aisle and it just yeah that would be pretty awesome i would who would, which store would Walmart would do that first, I feel like? I want to see it at grocery stores. That's where I get the most. No, I want to see it at Walmart, though. I mean, I don't want to see it. I hate Walmart. They're too. They're another corporation. I don't hate them, but I don't particularly like Walmart. But I think 
I there think, goes that sponsorship. Yeah, great. There was a million dollar sponsor. Oh, this email. Yeah, million million dollar per episode. Great. Oh, Gabe. Oh no. Yeah, no. We'll we'll see. I I doubt we'll get it in stores until we get something like uh, real AR glasses. That's when you might actually see. So Google Glass making a comeback? Uh, no, that is most definitely not making a comeback. I'm talking about the thirty-five hundred dollar Hololens. Interesting. I could see this where this sounds silly, but imagine you have a mount on your shopping cart. You put your phone in this mount, and it'll just show you and guide you around the store. Right? How cool would that be? I love it. Maybe Instacart or another grocery delivery service. They'll invest. I feel like it would be cheaper actually to probably rather than somehow mapping out every single store, you know, and figuring out where, because the problem is not to, no two stores are the same. Target might be the closest to getting two stores the same because they're pretty regular, but really it's, you'd have to map out every single store visually. Whereas if they could simply do some way to, you know, put location markers somehow and then maybe use some sort of device that that you can put on the cart or that integrates with your phone via Bluetooth or, you know, something like that, they could, that would be cheaper possibly. Yeah. Less time consuming. A different, different system for it. Yeah. Maybe airports too. I think airports, that would be more, I could see that being more useful. Right. Those, and that, and that could be something that Google slowly works out to scan. Um, it has a lot more high traffic and there's a lot fewer, right? So if you start with, you know, the biggest airports and work your way down, and the, all the, the signage is the same too. There's very few changes. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, we'll wait, have to see where that goes. Uh, the last thing I think really that Google talked about was their smart home. Oh wait, can we, uh, oh. did you see? You know, all right. So Rewind. <laughs> and the last thing, what was the last thing that they, or the uh, second to last? Second thing to last thing about. is, uh, you said you liked going to restaurants, right, to take pictures. Yes. Well, new with Google Lens, right? You mm. go to a brand new restaurant. Google Lens. You open up the menu and you're like, ah, sugar biscuits. What do I get? You're hungry. Oh, no. You're indecisive. Well, sugar biscuits, I thought. No, that that was just. Oh. Anyway. Okay. You whip out your phone, Google Lens, you point it at the menu. Google will now highlight the popular items on that menu for that restaurant. And you're always like, all right, I'm in this Chinese place. I'm uncultured. I don't know what this is. You can now tap on your phone on the menu item. It'll pull up a picture of exactly what it is and explain the dish in more detail. How cool is that? Uh, For me, this was a little scary uh, because... I, well, one thing is that they're going to uh, recommend, one thing is that, I know, yeah, the, the tap and learn about it, but you also, it, it uses data about, like, what dishes people have said that were good, and it will show you the most popular dishes as well, which I think is a bit, I don't know, I'm not, I, I, I see the benefits of it, but I also see, like, how this could be used to try to squeeze even more money out of businesses, you know, so, like, you could you could you could be like hey google could be like hey pay us to recommend your you, you mm. can control which dishes get recommended right so it's like like you're you, seeing it from an advertisement perspective yeah it's another place that google can say hey you know have a have a chef's recommended dishes now uh by simply paying us an extra 3.99 a month you know it's like it's another way for google to yeah to monetize something i think we'll have to wait and see where it goes I'm excited for it because I've frequently been in situations where I had no idea what to order. And honestly, being able to just point your phone at a menu and tap on the item without having to misspell it or yeah. And just getting pictures like that's what I want. Well, this is, this is the problem with Google is they build things and software that people actually find helpful or eventually find is really useful to have. Uh, like for example, this AR uh, maps. That's that's pretty helpful to have in cities, actually, uh, because like you said, yeah, your GPS always is bouncing off the because the way GPS works, you know, the signal will bounce off, uh, you know, different buildings and stuff like that, and put you a block away, and then all of a sudden you'll be facing the other way, and then it'll put you this block. You know, it's super, super, super uh, not helpful uh, to have a map sometimes. Um, but if you have AR, yeah, that's really nice. However, what if they start charging, you know, to example, highlight a business for, 
you know, so when you're walking by CVS, it can pop up a little ad saying, hey, uh, you know, this is, you know, you know, you've been wanting to buy, uh, I don't know, uh, like shampoo. naked naked juice and a, oh. yeah, shampoo. Those two things have you been get on, naked juice at CVS. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh great. Now we're advertising <laughs> for CVS. No, <laughs> no, but yeah, it can know. Hey, you said you ran out of this. Well, guess what? Uh, CVS has this for fifty percent off for new users or whatever. And you're walking right by it. Yeah. Exactly. So, mm. I mean, I think and and or for example, it would tell you that about about not about CVS because it knows that down the block is, I don't know what another store. That sells shampoo, possibly. Walmart. Walmart. Wait, we're, no, no. Oh, uh, God. Dwayne, it'd be the Dwayne Reeds if you're in New York City, for okay, example. Okay, Dwayne Reeds. Um, and, yeah, down this, the block. And they just happen to be paying Google for, you know, advertisements in their AR thing. So, they're the one that gets recommended. Wow, that's... I can definitely see how that's scary because that directly influences consumer behavior. Like, exactly. which stores people go to because they know that store is there. They see the advertisement. Yeah. I think we have to wait and see where it does go. My impression from the keynote, and maybe this was their intention, yeah. but my impression is they're crowdsourcing data from actual reviews on on uh, the stores and on Yelp. Well, they're never like going to talk about at at because the yeah. I/O is a very consumer-facing event. They're never going to talk about, and this is the ways that we're going to influence your behavior and monetize. That's going to be when they their pitches to brands. But basically, as a business, you can pay Google to succeed. Yeah, and for example, yeah, this could influence. You know, you have all these small uh you know like stores local stores that might sell the same things but they don't have the same advertising dollars that national chains do right that's fascinating so i i i loved all the new products and stuff but it's yeah it's always scary but moving on now finally to the final thing was the google smart home so they've already influenced you walking around all the time you know now and they've influenced your driving they influence you at restaurants but now they're also going into the home even more. So now you, you know, you took out your walking directions. You were navigating around. You got tired. You had your favorite meal, or you had that popular meal at that new restaurant that just opened. And now you walk home, and boom, Google Home in the home. Except Gabe, what is it called now? Well, wait, no, you what? have, you have, no, Stetson, I'm not, I'm not buying into this. I have my Nest cameras. They are secure. They are safe. Uh, I'm never, I'm sorry. I don't trust Google, you know, go with like, I have Nest and they're secure, right? They're not Gabe, integrated. Gabe, what, what? I, have, I have some hard news, buddy. What? Google no. owns Nest. Well, yeah, I know they own Nest, but Nest is their own brand. And they're, they're rebranding what? the no. Google Home products as Nest. Okay, but still, Nest is its own. Okay, I'll stop trying. Basically, what happened is, yeah, Google owns Nest. They rebranded all the Google products and Google assistants as Nest smart. I, I think smart the truth assistants. is people didn't like having Google in their home. That was a little weird. Yeah. But they're totally fine with having Nest in their home. Well, what the problem is they've gotten rid of now Nest's uh, cloud services and they're taking, changing it into Google services. So no longer do you have a Nest account and stuff to log in. It's now a Google account uh, and they're discontinuing all the integrations with. So for example, you used to be able to have like your Nest camera turn off your um, you know your hue lights when you left or even better you could you could say to your alexa hey change my smart thermostat setting or whatever on my nest thermostat but no because that's their competition uh, google will be very selective they say in the name of privacy and security about who they give this to but i'm going to bet most likely it's going to be to drive you towards buying more google products and less products uh, smart home products from other companies yeah i think you're right um I think Google's really trying to make a push in the smart home, establishing yourself in someone's home. It's it's kind of a personal space. Amazon's doing a really good job. But I think once you're in the home, people are using it more. They're integrating with the services more. Potentially, they're shopping more. I know I don't shop with my voice, but who knows where I could go. And I think Google really wants to uh, place themselves at home. And Nest is the brand they've identified to to be the most consumer friendly and that people seem to resonate well with. So here we are. And they announced some new products. What what did we see from Google? Uh, we saw that, well, one new product, I think, right? Was the, I, I think just one new product. Yeah, the Nest Home Max, which... I have Next Hub. Or Nest Hub Max, Hub sorry. Max. They got rid of the That's Google what Home I Home. meant. Let's rewind that. Do, 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 do. Nest Hub Max, Stetson. <laughs> if you thought it was the Nest Home Max, you're just being silly. What a goofy. I <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, it's... It is the follow, kind of follow up, but mainly the bigger brother to their, uh, what, it, what did it used to be called? The Google? 
Google Smart Hub, I think, or yes, yes, that's something like that. Oh yikes! <laughs> but it is a ten point one inch display and has a camera there. That's it. Yeah, basically, that's all you it's know. basically if you take the Google Home Hub, that smaller form factor device with the screen, you um, stretch it out, merge that with a Google. Home Max. Well, it's basically if you take a Google tablet and put a speaker behind it uh, and set it, prop it up on your counter. That's it. Yeah, that's what it is. I think it looks pretty nice. It's coming at two hundred twenty-nine dollars. I would. I'm interested to see how the audio, not see, but hear how the audio quality is. Um, but it seems like a really great device for managing your smart home, seeing who's knocking at your door if you have cameras set up, um, and uh, things like that, and also calling your friends with google duo or something yeah like, like that. So, okay so you just mentioned seeing who's knocking at your door this is another thing you won't be able to see with the new nest integration and stuff amazon alexa show you won't be able to see on that who's knocking on your door with nest cameras because of this wow stupid stupid i just so uh, gabe's an alexa user i'm getting very frustrated by oh my god well not by this well yes by this this is basically it's not a because of what happens to me it's because what happens to everyone basically oh don't try and spin this no on no him. no yes 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 smart <laughs> home products are very very expensive and the way it goes is people buy them over time most people don't go out and drop you know if you wanted to outfit your whole smart home at once that's like upwards of two thousand dollars easily so most people don't go out and say Oh, let me just you know drop that in a night and install that. Most people go, okay, let me let me try smart lights or let me try you know a Google Assistant or an Amazon Assistant, and then all right, let me let me try a, you know a thermostat. Okay, that's kind of good. Oh, I could use a camera. And each time they go out, they buy a new thing. And what Google and Amazon and all these companies are trying to do, mainly Google and Amazon, because they keep acquiring smaller you know like uh, Amazon acquired what Ring. I think Blink, I think, too. And Blink, and they also acquired Eero, the Wi-Fi router. So what they're trying to do is make it so when you make that one first purchase of, say, the Amazon Alexa or, say, the Google Home or, say, oh, the man, Nest, that's it. you're then locked in for life to that brand. I think that is really horrible because it's ruining consumer choice and ruining the drive for innovation where companies really have to compete. Instead, it's just going to be two companies that own all the smart home brands, and you know, you go, you're either like, a google assistant house or you're in an amazon assistant house like so i hear what you're saying yeah that's my rant for the day gates gates rant boom, 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 boom. we need oh, a little a new sound segment. Thing. Wow. <laughs> i think we should have a yeah a we Gage should get rant. some sound um i see where you're coming from my take is that it's kind of like apple and i think apple's a really good example of this where you own everything you can provide a significantly better experience and so it's a tough challenge of where you either get a great, Gabe's like cracking his knuckles. Well, I guess I'll finish up. You either get a really, really strong experience or you get a more open and competitive landscape. I definitely enjoy some of the experiences Google and Amazon have able, been okay, able to stop. build. I'm going to stop you from digging a hole uh, right now. I would say the biggest difference, you brought up Apple, the biggest difference between those companies, Apple, Amazon, Google, and I'd even put Facebook in here because they're also trying to get into the smart home a little bit with portal but very poorly i will say <laughs> um, they're just gonna portal themselves out yeah yeah get out of here facebook the biggest difference is that google and amazon make money off of you and selling you information selling your information and and access to your information to companies so hey they can you know amazon knows you like this they can give you you know this google knows you like this they can serve you this ad apple doesn't do that and so i think of all the companies even though I think Apple has its own issues with trust and privacy and stuff and, you know, how they, what they do with your information and, you know, how they sell you into their ecosystem and lock you in. And how Siri is just so bad. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a whole other thing. But I think of all of them, the walled garden of Apple is at least a walled garden that doesn't have a little hole in where someone's peeping in and, and you know, telling everyone outside uh, or all the businesses outside what, you know, what you're doing. I can definitely understand that. So yeah, well, that's, I mean, let's, I, I like your, t you, t you have a tend to have a more optimistic and you look at the positives of what I it's like, offering consumers. Yeah. And I tend to, I think, be a little more hesitant. Businesses I, are just going to eat Well, I it. mean, I jump, granted, I jump full in. I'm, I'm two feet in, you know, with a Google and an Amazon assistant and smart home products. If your home is going to rip itself apart, you need to choose an yeah, alliance. Exactly. Well, and I also, and I don't, I understand that, you know, companies are taking my information constantly and I'm not too concerned about it, but I also, um, I try to be aware of it 
and and really every announcement that you see come out about new products or new services yeah it might be really awesome and it might come from designers and and you know people who are creating this are really excited about it but on the back end are the business end of that company saying yeah cha-ching this is a way to make even more money off of people's information well my take is I'm okay with it. And I'm out. Get my, drop the mic and I'm gone. Well, I, I can't really get away that fast because I have my ankle oh, yeah. still in the thing. Like so roll away, roll away. slowly. <laughs> my take is I provide my information and in exchange, Google, for example, provides very helpful products and services that I feel make my life easier. And I'm okay with that. You know, I'm not doing anything with my data anyway. Might as well get a beneficial product or service. Um, like getting recommended times to leave for work or knowing my traffic on my personalized commute or being able to say, hey, call mom and know who's like who mom is, things like that. Um, I think that's that's about but what well, here's the question. Yeah. But what if you have, for example, say Google knows that uh, you, you know, say you go to um, I don't know. They know where you get your gas. Say they know you always get your gas from this, uh, you know, Irving on this street or whatever. And, or they just know, they know it's an Irving is all that really matters. And uh, they also know that Irving's paying them to make customers who are buying their gas drive further. Because that means they're going to have to fill up more often. So Google goes, okay, we're not going to make it too obvious, but say we add an extra 0.1 miles to your distance or to your driving routes, you know, or take you a little farther routes that might not, might be faster, but might be more fuel inefficient. That, that's just, I mean, it, it's stuff that it's way to, it's a way to that it looks to a consumer, it looks really helpful and stuff. And you don't see what's going on behind the scenes that there's all these strings being pulled, um, that something completely, you wouldn't think that they'd be affecting your, you know, your fuel efficiency or your, you know, how much you're spending there. But it, I don't know. I, I, and I don't even know, they probably aren't even doing stuff like that, but you never know. The possibility and the idea for the possibility has been planted. Where there's money to be made. People will always make money. Dude, that, that, we should be doing this. That's that's pretty much a given. That's if there's one thing in life, if there's a chance to make a buck, someone's already making that. That buck, buck is being made twice over already. Wow, yeah. I you know I never thought about that for sure. I guess they have a tremendous amount of responsibility. So people, I am saying throw out all your technology. <laughs> the the podcast just cuts out, <laughs> just smashing stuff. But no, yeah, I don't think you have to be that draconian or crazy. It's okay. I'll buy an electric car. All right. Yeah, that's connected into the internet. Jokes on them. Yeah, yeah that's right. They'll get no data yeah. on me, Gabe. <laughs> yeah, let me just sign in with Google here and go to that, and they know. Yeah, all of a sudden you're driving. You have your Tesla autopilot in. You fall asleep. You wake up parked at a Walmart. What? I didn't even want to go here. Wait, and it's like, no. Now you're taking me. It's like, ah, yeah. I want to go to the grocery store. Let me go to wake. Wait, wait, why are you? Why are you? Why are you taking me to Tops? It's like, sorry, Tops has paid us to. <laughs> We have to drive you by here on your way to to Wegmans. That would just right. be, yeah. It, I mean, in the future, you never know. I I I do like, I I like thinking of the scary future. Right? It's kind of fun. Have you been watching a lot of Black Mirror? I actually don't watch Black Mirror. I watched uh, you on, should on Amazon Prime. Oh, I watched. No. Oh <laughs> I watched. No, it's uh, Electric Dreams. So for people who do like Black Mirror, it's called Electric Dreams on uh, Amazon Prime. Very similar. But I think looking at science fiction is very a uh, good way to look at our current technology. It definitely gives you a new lens to absorb information through. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I have on Google I.O. We yeah. came, we were in. We trashed Google. We were out. Gabe trashed Google. Enough conspiracy theories. I placed my around. order for the next Google. No. Do you think I, I think, do I win the the award for this episode? I, I we can make up award, fabricate an award here. We have a shopping cart right here. The, Gabe, you the have, golden shopping cart. I present to you the silver and well, red. Let's pretend it's gold. They can't see it. Oh, it's golden. Yeah, good. I present to you the Thank solid you. gold you. shopping cart award <laughs> for being consumer minded yeah. and giving us a new perspective. Well, I think my shopping cart would have a missile on it, right? And you would just launch it for for people to or a machine gun for people to to help fight off the businesses that are preying on them. Interesting. So that's my shopping cart. I still want to put my phone mount on it so I can find groceries yeah. while walking around the store. Well, yeah. So we'll have we'll have the the shopping shopping cart award for each episode. 
Okay. So I win the first. I think, can we go back? I think retroactively, I've won all the other ones, too. <laughs> we'll just say. So this is actually, thanks. I mean. Well, I, I should, I, so I should have done this sooner. I hate to win my, you know, I, I hate to see me go seven and, or eight and no, but. Did you, you know, just make your own award? You know, they. And then give it to yourself? What? No, we can, we, the unilateral board of uh, award givers for podcasts came up with that and gave it to me. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm humbled. I gotta say thank you uh, for the people who gave this to me. I know, like, yeah, it was I was the underdog coming into this, and you know, well, I guess not the underdog. I'd received it all seven, eight times before, but yeah, thank you, thank you, people, for giving me the shopping cart. I gave you the shopping, the cart. golden cart. Well, okay, well, well, don't try to win the golden shopping cart by saying that you gave it to me. Gosh, <laughs> wow, that's. I think do we have a negative award here too? Because I think. <laughs> I think that has Stetson's name okay. on it. Okay. But no. Yeah, that's the episode, guys. Uh it feels good to be back in the same room. It uh, really does. And no school. Oh my god, we had all afternoon yeah. to record this. No looming events. It was phenomenal. That's the episode though. Yeah. Do um, you have any any sending out messages, Stetson, for people to Yeah, we have to plug ourselves. Uh so find us on Instagram and and are we on Facebook? Uh yeah, we email are. us. Pinch to zoom pot. Wait, what are what are handles? Oh wow, Stetson is not Stetson. I I think I have to. Your might your classes of school might be out, but I'm enrolling you in a one day class of Gabe's social media uh, school uh, because I think you need that. Uh, He just the other day tweeted out or he shared his Instagram photo to Twitter. Oh, without I'm sorry, I'm roasting you live, but yeah. For those who don't know, uh, if you share a photo directly from the Instagram app. Uh, to Twitter, it only tweets a link out, which is very ugly. Uh, and if, for example, you had a longer description in your post than can fit on the character limit for Twitter, it will just cut it off abruptly with a dot, 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 and then have the link to Instagram. So, yeah, it is it is one of the side effects of Facebook buying Instagram. But the workaround is simply tweet out the photo. It takes a little extra work, but it is nice. I have now tweeted out the photo. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, check out Stetson did get the Pixel uh, 3A from Google, so check out his unboxing coming out shortly at Stetsdog. And you can find us on Instagram at Pinch to Zoom Podcast. Is that where you're doing this whole time is looking at our handle? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what? Just, just put just if you search Pinch to Zoom uh, on most uh, of the social networks, you should find us. Uh, we're the one with the well, it looks like the album artwork that you're seeing on the podcast. And also, of course, if you do have any questions, tweet them at us or email us at pinch2zoompodcast at gmail.com. And that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Stetson. And I'm still Gabe. And that's And I won the award. And Gabe won the award. And I guess we have to do an outro or something now. No, like, that's, that's, that's the it. Outro. We just stop. They're, not, they're playing me off my award speech. You know how they don't like going on too long so they the music comes up right about now okay